At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome back to Love High. My name is Florence Bark, and in this podcast, we talk everything love. All day, every day, love. In this episode, I'm talking to Jamie all about fuckboys and commitment issues. Hi, my loves. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. You don't know how much it means to me for you to be here listening every week and supporting the podcast. Actually, and on that note, I know it's really early on to slip this in, but I would really, really appreciate you leaving a rating and a review on this podcast because it really, really does help. And just word of mouth and sharing it far, far and wide. If it's helping you, then it's probably will help someone else so you know let's spread the message of love and get people connecting with love on a deeper level and learning more about themselves in this episode i'm talking to jamie from the let's talk about sex jamie podcast he actually reached out to me not too long ago about the introduction of my podcast There was something in my intro that struck him and it was the line, why do some of us feel the need for love whilst others push it away? And he said that he had a big story when it came to this statement. So I cannot wait to talk to him all about his views on this, whether it's about commitment issues or fuckboys. I know that he's got something interesting to talk to us about today. So let's dive into this conversation. But before we dive in there, I want to remind you of the Patreon community. So if you want to be a part of supporting the podcast, being a part of the creative process, and also join our live Discord group chat for every little thing that's going on in your life, you can talk to my loves about it all. Also, I have a Facebook group page if you're not on the whole Patreon thing to also build a community there because I think it's super important to build community around podcasts because these podcast episodes delve into some pretty deep subjects and I feel like it's good to have a support network 
alongside listening to all of this stuff so that you can really talk to someone about things that have come up, things that you've learned and things that you're going through in your own love lives. And that's all for my little Patreon Facebook rant. Let's get into the episode. Let's talk to Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Welcome to the podcast. Wow, I said like that as the introduction of your podcast <laughs> you've been listening to let's talk about samey samey let's talk about samey oh my god oh yes. my god uh, yeah let's talk about jamie let's talk yeah. about jamie today we're not gonna talk about sex and we are um, talking yeah. about jamie today yeah yeah All that makes a change for me jamie yeah i mean yeah i i can't the only time i ever really talk about myself is on other podcasts <laughs> when i come and chat to you is when i start talking about myself yeah um i yeah, mean that's the kind uh, of the way right that's kind of the way i guess so yeah i guess i guess yeah i, I always thought like pe- no one would come to my podcast to listen to me talk it's all about the interesting people that i talk to but um, yeah then you realize i mean you'll know this like you talk about sex for long enough you realize that like every you're interesting opinion about as well sex is interesting yeah for yeah. sure um even if you're like super vanilla like i'm always going on about how you know vanilla i am I think yeah. it's still, yeah, it's still interesting for everyone's perspectives. experience is so interesting. I think, especially when it comes to relationships and our own journeys, when it comes mm-hmm. to all of that, um, yeah. stuff that we have spoken about in the past on your podcast was sex addiction, something that you've, you've spoken quite openly about, but that is not yep. what we're talking about today, <laughs> talking about something quite different. And actually yep. I kind of want to just dive in with, um, a question for you. Mm-hmm. which is when was the first time that you fell in love whoa i wasn't ready for this level of chat <laughs> i was like yeah i'll go on talk about sex addiction like i always do this will be fine first time i fell in love i don't know i so you know what right i was i was that kid that had girlfriends when they were like nine years old like you know there's always oh, the weird kids yeah. that are like you know they, they just they like they just like hug each other in the playground <laughs> so, yeah and they're like you're oh, my girlfriend <laughs> yeah exactly and then you break up after two days yes um yeah yeah i i was always that kid so i wouldn't say i fell in love young mm. but like i was definitely like doing the whole like you know boyfriend girlfriend thing when i was super young and so i guess like the first time i probably thought i was in love was probably around like 13 14 yeah yeah what was yeah. that situation? Was it just a playground romance? Oh yeah, it's just like a playground. Yeah, yeah. I, I was my so my first kiss. I must have been like thirteen, I think. I was I was boyfriend girlfriend with them for a year before I kissed them. I was frigid. Remember frigid? Yeah. Remember that word? Yeah, frigid. <laughs> yeah. I was terrified. I was terrified of anything. So I, I I must have just liked the idea of having a girlfriend and like having someone that you would like hug maybe once a week if you had the if you had yeah. the balls to do it um but uh yeah i didn't want to do anything physical <laughs> it took yeah. me a year to kiss them and then they dumped me the week after i remember that you know what uh, this fucking is miriam this <laughs> miriam <laughs> <laughs> i actually have a really similar story yeah like with one of my my first ever boyfriend we never kissed we just hugged yeah, yeah. how it old were you so cute I think I might have been either 13 or 14, like around that yeah, same age. Yeah. yeah, I think it's cute. It's, it's weird. Isn't it weird how we kind of, we've, some people, or you and I, I guess, were were okay with being in a relationship, air quotes, relationship, but yeah. like didn't want to do the physical stuff. It's interesting yeah. that came first, right? It was like yeah. the kind of, the label and maybe kind of affection came first and the physicality came later. 
that's interesting. interesting. I'd love to like know more about that. Because yeah, you see like little kids that say they have boyfriends and girlfriends all the time, right? Yeah. So that part of our brain must switch on first of like, I want to have a partner. Well, uh, yeah. kind of leads into my next question, which oh, was cool. how, how did you learn about love and relationships? And I feel like maybe that's quite a prominent kind of factor in that need and desire for a mm. partner rather than the actual mm. intimacy. Yeah, man, this is going way deeper than I thought. I wasn't ready for this. Uh, I reckon I learned about love and relationships in a really bad way, in a really unhealthy way, because my mum and dad split up um, really badly because of an affair when oh. I was 11, 10 or 11. So I was like, you know, doing the whole boyfriend-girlfriend thing for the first time in school, you know, like the silly, the silly little relationships we were talking about. And I had this background of like, my dad, so I have a brother, so it was, mm. I ended up staying with my dad. My mum left, which is kind of yeah. weird as well, kind of rare. That's a whole thing to talk about. Um, yeah. So it was just my dad and my and my brother and me, so three guys, and he was very much like, you know, don't get married. From then on, it was like every day he would say, don't get married, don't get anyone pregnant, you know, ruin your life. Uh, he loved us. He wasn't saying that like, we were a mistake, but he was just saying that like, the whole marriage was a mistake. Wow. And we just saw the, like, we saw just the bad side of like a relationship. So I reckon I learned about love relationships then which formed probably quite a lot of the whole sex addiction stuff that I talk about, you know. Yeah. We won't go into too much, but yeah, like the whole sex validation thing and not wanting to be in a relationship. Um, I think it all got founded from that point. So yeah, I reckon that's when I learned about love. So you kind of went into relationships, well, not going into relationships because you just didn't, you didn't want it. Your dad told you it was bad. It was a bad idea. Yeah, it was always a temporary. Hurt. It was always a temporary thing. It was always like, uh, you know, my, you know, my dad was always happy and like wanted to meet my girlfriends and like happy mm. that we we had girlfriends and stuff. But he would always. It was always with a backdrop of like, don't settle down though. Like, you know, this person's great. Glad you're having fun. They seem nice. They can come over for Christmas dinner. Like, he was super supportive, but it was always, like, little comments of, like, you know, but this, don't settle down. Don't get married. Don't get her pregnant, you know. Um, wow. You know, this is temporary kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I think that probably formed quite a lot of the addiction stuff. Of course. Like, I think having a parent say things like that <clears throat> to you at an early age is obviously going to mold the way that you think about relationships yeah. and you and support think, it when you're in the middle of a divorce as well yeah you support it because you're like yeah it's fucking horrible this is sucks like all the negative feelings i'm having it's because mm -hmm. there was a monogamous relationship that went wrong that's yeah. what you you know you relate it to you related to something that i said in the introduction of my podcast on mm -hmm. the first episode mm -hmm. and i feel like it kind of ties into what we were just talking about and mm -hmm. that was why do some of us feel the need for love whilst our others push it away mm -hmm. and you said that this tied into quite a big story that you had about mm. your relationship yeah so i so oh this is all linking so well from what mm. i was just saying like i was kind of jumping between all these relationships and like every relationship kind of felt you know sort of temporary in a healthy way like it wasn't like i basically wasn't getting into relationships and thinking like this is my future wife you know yeah. i'm gonna grow it was like this is fun now and this is great and i think that's kind of healthy i think all of us need a little bit of dose of that um to just enjoy the moment and not worry too much about the future but yeah. i was doing that a lot like a lot and it was like from the age of probably I, I think i tracked it as far back as 16 until 28 i had complete overlapping relationships i was never single you know for more than like a month maybe wow yeah um 
and the sex addiction didn't help with that because like I couldn't just be on my own and like you know get validation on my own I had to go and seek sex you know immediately as soon as I was single I was straight on the dating apps you know trying to find people right and that just led into relationships it's interesting that it actually led into relationships when Mm. you saw relationships as such like a temporary thing that wasn't even something that why did you want to be in the relationships that's a good question I think I think I'm very romantic and very like I'm very relationship I love relationships I love I love sex, but I love the stuff that comes after sex, you know, like mm. actually, like showing people around your favorite towns and like, you know, introducing the things in your yeah. life. I like this. I love all the stuff that come with relationships. Um, I struggled and still do a little bit with with the kind of the lockdown feeling of like, OK, so this is now it, you know, and, and I yeah. now have someone to report to. And, you know, I have to like <laughs> tell them when I'm going out and stuff like that. So, yeah, but I think a lot of people struggle with that. But yeah, so I like I love relationships. I never I never it was never a negative thing. It was just a kind of this is what I'm doing now. And, you know, this isn't it, though. This isn't my life. You know, like this this could end and I will be okay. Which, yeah, is, is healthy yeah. and unhealthy, I think, in equal measures. Yeah, it's good to know that you will be okay because everyone is yeah. okay fundamentally after a relationship. Yeah, yeah. Not being funny, I'm 31 now and it's starting to feel less okay. But I'm not in a <laughs> long-term relationship. It's like, um, okay, start, clock's ticking a bit now. Oh, um, so have you had like a break now? Like a longer longer break than you have in the past? I'm failing to have a break, yeah. After my last relationship, my last relationship was not great. And I, um, like, well, no, it was great. The ending was not great. And yeah. I was like, I vowed to kind of be single for five years, I said. And it's, wow. sort, of not, it's sort of not going very well. I'm kind of failing a little bit but I'm, yeah I'm seeing someone but I'm, I'm working on that like I'm figuring it out I'm talking to my counsellor about it all the time we're like well I love this person and, it, and we have fun but I also really want to learn how to be on my own how do I do both and my counsellor's kind of helping me realise that you can't uh, <laughs> but Shit. I'll figure it out yeah but yeah, so this whole like jumping between relationships thing, I, I was reaching 30 and I'd been in a bunch of relationships and you know they were ending and stuff and I always thought I had this like stupid naive thought in my head that uh, oh, that's wait. We should talk about that. So, in my late twenties, I started looking into polyamory and open relationships and stuff like that. And it was this kind of like oh. hallelujah moment for me because I was like, yeah. oh right. So, because I I never understood from when I was like seventeen, I could be in love as much as a seventeen year old can be in love with someone, um, and I would meet someone new and fall for them and have all those feelings. And my feelings mm. for the first partner never diminished, were never affected yeah. at all. But I ended up breaking up with that first partner because I was like, well, you know, I'm supp- if I'm falling for someone else, it means I don't like that person anymore. So I need to leave. And that, that was just right. a horrible like cycle I was in. And then when I learned about like polyamory and um, open relationships, it was sort of like, a, oh, fuck, this is it. I'm polyamorous. That's exactly what it is. And I start- I had a few polyamorous relationships, a few open relationships, and they went a thousand times better than my monogamous relationships because I was like, oh, this is the thing that works for me. Okay, I get it now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that happened. But I still had this kind of thought in the back of my mind, which leads on to the big story I was telling you about. So the the thought was, I think that one day my brain is going to switch to monogamy mode and I'll live happily after. That was how I was like, I'm doing this thing now. I'm like enjoying myself. I'm young and like, you know, people want to have sex with me. So I'm enjoying this now. Uh, And I'll hit a day or I'll meet someone. That was the big thing. I'll meet someone and I'll go, oh, this is the one. And then I'm going to settle down. So many people have that thought. I yeah. think like there's this thing, like this fantasy. Disney. Yeah, exactly. Disney. <laughs> it, it is. It is. It is Disney. It's like the movies. It's all the yeah. romance novels. You know that one day there will be this special person, and they're gonna make everything make sense about yeah. love. Yeah. 
Turns out that's not true. No, I haven't found them yet anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah. I, it's not true because I think, yeah. I think almost um, it's, I feel like this is going to become apparent in this conversation, but like, I think that idea is a form of commitment issue because it's always putting <laughs> off that there's going to be something better. So you don't have to deal with the problems that you are facing now and the issues that you're facing now, like the fears, because one day in the future, something's going to snap right. Yep. That's so true. Yeah, you're so right. That is so, that's such an interesting way to put it. It's a form of commitment issue because mm. yeah, you can't you can't wholeheartedly commit to one person in that moment, even though it's great and going really well. Because yeah. like if there's if there's a, if there's a few problems, mm-hmm. there's this whole like you know you're not my prince charming. Like, exactly, not, it's not perfect, and one day it will find perfection. And fucking yeah, good luck to anyone that does that because yeah, mm-hmm. I think you'll be waiting a while. Yeah. So yeah, and and the whole like soulmates. So I'm going to use the term soulmate a lot. Okay. Now, I don't believe in that stuff. I think soulmates are, again, made up by Disney. Uh, <laughs> I don't uh, think soulmates are a thing. Go I on. feel like soulmates exist in a way that you can have like a soul connection with someone. But I don't believe that there is one soulmate for everyone. One one. I feel like yeah. you can have soul connections with multiple people. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Then we're on the same page. Good. I don't have to explain much then. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Yeah, I, 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 I met someone um and it felt like the closest thing to a soulmate it was like oh mm-hmm. my god we're like completely compatible all of our good complements the other person's good and all of our bad complements the other person's bad and that was that was the big turning point for me is like mm. our flaws i can see our flaws and they kind of complement each other in yeah. a weird way like we had we'd experienced the same problems she had jumped between relationships a load um and was coming to the same realization in her life that i was and it was kind of like perfect timing all this stuff um, and I was like, oh, fucking hell, this is like my soulmate or the closest thing that I kind of believe to being a soulmate. And that was when I expected the click to happen that you yeah. mentioned. I was yeah. like, right, okay, so come on. This is like talking to my brain, like, hey, this is the part where you stop wanting to fuck other people. This is the this is where you just fall in love with this one person and live happily ever after. And it wasn't happening. Mm. Um, and it fucked me up because, yeah. That's she scary. Was, You're she, like, wait, yeah. my whole idea of love and life is not what I thought it was. Yeah, right fucking disney (laughs) yeah it it felt like it it felt like all of the kind of the cliches you know the whole like you met them and there's like sparks and all this chemistry and like you Mm. finish each other's sentences and you go for like long walks and doesn't matter (laughs) where you're going all the fucking like live laugh love posters were like clicking into place it all made sense to me um but yeah there was that one thing that wasn't clicking which is yeah the monogamy thing and I'd, i'd been doing open relationships and polyamory leading up to that and found a lot of comfort in that um and an equal amount of problems as well i'm not one of those people like that fuck, i don't i'm not a big fan of the poly community most of the time i'm not one of those people that says it's the answer to everyone's problems and it's like you know monogamy sucks and polyamory is the future that's not fucking true no. um they come with their own sets of problems but like yeah so i'd kind of experienced that and then fell into this and mm. she was like st- straight day one like i'm monogamous and that's what i am and I'm not changing that. And I was like, cool, fair, okay, like yeah. respect. I like that. So um, I was like, yeah, well, in my head, I was like, yeah, this is the part where I become monogamous too, right? Um, it didn't happen. So I went to therapy and asked them to make me monogamous, which <laughs> I Wait. now know is ridiculous. <laughs> At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, 
we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What did your therapist say to you when you were like, please make me monogamous? Do you know what? An annoying amount of them went with it. <laughs> so they were like, yeah, okay, cool. Sounds good. And they kind of um, what? said, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were like, uh, I think they were kind of trying to figure out exactly what I meant by the question. Because I think the, the yeah. question was obviously quite problematic. So no one told me that I was being stupid, which was probably a good move. Because yeah. we then spent yeah. a few weeks, months like talking about what I expected and like what my experiences were with like cheating. I was a prolific cheater in my early 20s and then I was mm. doing the open relationship stuff. So it's like, I never, you know, it's not cheating, but it's not monogamy. Yeah. So um, they kind of nailed it down to like, you know, the fundamentals, which were like, why are you pursuing sex? And it, that was when the sex addiction stuff got, uh, yeah. got diagnosed. Well, not sex addiction, compulsive sexual behavior disorder was diagnosed. Um, and that was how that, story which i've said a million times i won't go into now that's how that all started but yeah Mm. the interesting part was that whole yeah the monogamy thing i was trying to get them to push me into this monogamy box and was getting frustrated that it wasn't happening why did you feel like you had to be monogamous in that moment i felt like i'd met the one it cringes me out so much saying it now because i don't believe in the one and like we were saying just a minute ago like soulmates you know one-to-one soulmates aren't a thing but i felt like this was it this was the closest i've ever been probably still ever been actually to meet in the one it, it by the way it since went to shit and it, <laughs> i realized oh no wait we're awful for each other like a year <laughs> later but in the moment i was in like this is it this is the disney moment and you know this is everything all the signs are pointing towards like this is my one mm. um, yeah but what what then happened after you kind of went to therapy and you were like please make me monogamous <laughs> what happened in the relationship to you kind of did you end up pushing it away or did you want to pull the love to you yeah well that was the thing I was kind of I think after the whole exploration of like yeah polyamory and that kind of flavor of love I think Mm. my brain was kind of split a bit between you know well I feel comfortable doing this I feel less comfortable doing the other thing but the other thing is what I actually want to do you know long term I want to end up with one person so I think like um they were kind of I, I I ended up pulling it not so much pushing it away but pulling it into me when I wasn't ready and I wasn't in the right state do you know what I mean which is probably just another way of pushing pushing it away right because you're kind of forcing it I'm trying to force this relationship onto myself and to fit into my lifestyle when it probably didn't fit yeah so it wasn't necessarily a commitment issue <clears throat> it was a commitment to monogamy and like trying to mold yourself into something that you just don't fit into yeah yeah exactly and in a way I think she had the right idea because she said from day one I'm monogamous and that's it 
like no you know we always talk about like you and i are probably guilty for talking about like everyone should be open-minded and like try this out talk about polyamory talk about open relationships but like in the the day if you know you're monogamous and that's what you want then cool that's really cool that you know that and if you say it from day one like she did that's really cool i really respect that um so yeah i think that's powerful and what i was doing was trying to kind of change an aspect of myself to fit into that which is Mm. which is, is cliche we know that's not good right Never change yourselves, guys. What, what was the result <laughs> of that in your relationship? Like you had this relationship where you felt like you'd met the soulmate and mm. you had this amazing <clears throat> connection where you were ending each other's sentences. What mm. happened when you were p- being pulled in your non-monogamous way away mm. from her monogamy? Um, I mean, it put pressure on the relationship because it kind of, it made every little like, you know, tiff feel way bigger because I felt like I was, you know, therapy is quite difficult, right? Mm. In a good way, in the best way, but it's quite difficult. It's quite painful sometimes. And I felt like I was sacrificing things by sort of doing that um, to make the relationship work. And I never held that against her because it was my choice. It was my thing. I knew that I was the one that wanted to kind of face this monogamy versus non-monogamy thing. But like it made the little little hiccups in relationship quite big because it was like, you know, if you have one argument, then you're like, well, why am I trying to have all this therapy to like sort this out? And, and, you know, and we're still arguing. It's not perfect. Fucking Disney lied again. Um, So yeah, it, it puts undue pressure on a relationship, I think. Yeah. When maybe, I mean, the, sorry, go on. No, I just, I'm just trying to get what, what kind of happened with you guys. Like what was, I feel like it's important to share these experiences from the beginning to the end, because otherwise people are hearing like, wait, this was a really magical relationship. Mm. And then suddenly it ended, even though you were going to therapy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it went on for a couple of years and, um, we, it might be worth mentioning she lived, she lived in America. So uh. our relationship was kind of in like, I'd say like two month stints. Like we'd spend two months together and then we'd spend four months apart and then two months. Right. Um, okay. Which is just tricky, doable, but tricky. Um, and I think with me going through the whole like sex addiction stuff as well, like while she was away, I was like managing that um, and, you know, figuring out where I was in life with, with sex. And I was, I was having, like we were seeing people when we were apart, like Mm. uh, kind of hookups kind of thing. Um, And she was getting therapy on her side as well. And she got, um, I don't know much about this, but she got diagnosed with uh, affection addiction, which I've not actually heard much about since then. I should probably look into that. What? Um, I have never heard that before. Yeah. I mean, let's not use the word addiction with that one. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Another behavior disorder, which was similar to what I was having. Basically, she wanted like affection for validation. Um, but wow. yeah, I won't talk about that too much because it's not, yeah, I don't know much about yeah, it. It's not my yeah, experience, yeah, yeah. but yeah, I, I assume it's very similar to me seeking uh, validation through sex. Mm. Um, so yeah, so we were kind of dealing with like our own battles very separately. And then over over time, like I, I did really well with my sex addiction, like recovery stuff. Um, I'd say it probably took me about three years to fully get, get, get through that. Um, so this was like two, the first two years of that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we were kind of, making our own progress and I guess we just like progressed away from each other I think she got more and more comfortable with her like monogamy and dealing with her affection stuff and I got more and more comfortable with my sex addiction stuff and realizing that I am polyamorous um, yeah. and that I I have this ability to love multiple people 
um, and then questioning, do I actually want to pursue that? Because that's the thing as well, which, you know, might be worth mentioning. I, I identify as polyamorous, but I don't do polyamorous relationships anymore. Um, and I don't really want to again, because uh, I've had, I've done it a bit and it didn't go too well. Um, so I'm kind of currently off that. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's a weird thing to tackle is like, yeah, I kind of, I have this ability to love multiple people, but I don't really want to. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I think we just kind of, because we, we were both getting a lot of therapy, we kind of grew, you know, grew in a good way but like apart you know away from each other mm. um and then yeah like you know the small tiffs in any kind of long distance relationship the small tiffs become quite big um and it's hard to resolve them because you're apart and and all that stuff um and then yeah she ended up uh <laughs> so we're seeing people the rule was we saw people when we weren't in the same country and then when we were in the same country we were like monogamous yeah um and she ended up getting pregnant but <laughs> from someone that she was seeing and i was like oh that's probably the end of that then isn't it we should probably stop this uh yeah wow that is a dramatic <laughs> end to that story that is a yeah. very dramatic end but i think you know it really sounds like you both were doing the work individually and that just mm. meant that you grew apart and i think that's a really important and natural thing to happen for relationships yeah. even if you think that that person is a soulmate yeah Hundred percent. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of like couples therapy, going to therapy mm. together. But one individual therapy in a couple is fucking good. Is powerful because yeah. you know this whole thing of like you, know, you need to sort yourself out to be able to give yourself to someone else. I think that yeah, if couples are interested in couples therapy, definitely try it. But also try you know having your own single therapy individually. Do you know what I mean? Away from each other. What's the situation then with your polyamory and then not wanting to do that anymore? Intrigued. Uh, well, I had, um, I was in an open relationship a few years ago and we were seeing people and I met someone and got feels and mm -hmm. wanted there to be more. So I spoke to my partner about it and she was really really nice and healthy and great about it and we discussed it a lot and it was it was hard you know as anyone can imagine having your first kind of like I don't know what you'd call it like multiple relationships at the same time thing it was really hard but she was she was great um and we talked about it communicated really well um she communicated way better than I did which mm. is hilarious because I have a sex podcast and I should be good at this stuff but uh it's really hard to do it myself you should know right oh my god you <laughs> I have just realized in like the last week how like I still am really shit at communicating sometimes and I think yeah. that I'm really good at it and then when someone tells me that they're like yeah I don't think you communicate that well either I'm like wait what yeah yeah it's definitely a thing you kind of because because you talk about communication all the time and you kind of like you and I both give it out on the podcast is like advice i guess mm -hmm. like not just advice because we know things but just like advice because we talk to so many people and the yeah. answer is always communication mm -hmm. right it always comes back to that so you you're kind of subconscious is like yeah i communicate like a motherfucker exactly and then you don't I communicate and you're like wait a minute this can't be my fault <laughs> That's literally literally but i think yeah it's accepting that you know we're both still on our journeys and learning mm. about ourselves as well as like each different partner that comes into our life is going to bring something new up yeah 
yeah, constantly sure. learning. It's also like, you know, I'm saying this, this is going to make me sound like a defensive straight male, but like <laughs> I've been, I've been in a lot of relationships where like they've ended badly, um, really badly, like horrifically. And like, you know, horrible things are said, you know, mm. turn, friends are turned against people and stuff like that. And it, and it's, it's really hard in the moment. And in the moment you just go into like defensive mode, yeah. right? Yeah. And you're just like, fuck all of you. Uh, you know, I'm right. And I've got, I have therapy as well. I have ther- weekly therapy. I haven't missed a week for about five years. Yeah. So my therapist is always like, you're doing really well. Like she's, she's bigging me up. So in the moment you're always like, I'm right. I got you're this. all wrong. Fuck you guys. Yeah. And then it takes like a few months, maybe a year or so to look back and be like, oh no, I fucked that up. And actually me just saying that then talking about the two relationships that I had and saying yeah. that my partner was way better at communicating. That's the first time I've said that out loud. Wow. Just, and that was about a year and a bit ago. Like, cause I was in the angry phase from the breakup. Yeah, um, and I, now I realise she did a great job for someone who wasn't open relationships yeah. or poly minded. Did a way better job than I did uh, doing that. So yeah, th- so basically that's what's kind of put me off doing it again. Is like I feel like I had a very good setup with my two partners. They were two very healthy, pretty good at communicating people mm. about the whole situation, and I just went nuts because I was like, I finally got what I want, ah! and I just fucked it all up by yeah. being like, yeah, just not thinking things through properly. So it's just kind of put me off. Um, I don't want to do that for a while. Yeah. I think sometimes when you think that you're good at communicating, it's dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, yes. Because I think yeah. that's what I have fallen into. What I have learned from my, I don't know, experiences in the last like three years or whatever is phone calls win mm. for communication mm-hmm. over anything. Never. Do you mean over face-to-face? You prefer no, phone no, no. over face-to-face? Face-to-face okay. Face-to-face is the winner. Okay, I hate face-to-face. But I think phone calls can be a really good medium ground, basically, because you have the time to think and like process your own emotions without being like, you know, they're staring at you. Um, Because it can be really hard to express what you actually want to say when someone's like looking at you and you're like, Yeah, "Ah." well, that's what I do. And I I hate confrontations. So I tend to face-to-face, I'll just agree with what they're saying. And then I leave and I haven't said anything that I wanted to say because I'm too scared to argue. Okay, yeah, so, that's that's yeah. what I do as well. well <laughs> that's yes, exactly yeah. what I do So I prefer well. phone calls, personally. Yeah, phone calls are great. Um, texting, don't the fucking the do it. Yeah. That's what I, I, I yeah. and I'm guilty. And things just yeah. come up and you're like, and then I get really defensive <laughs> when I reply and then I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just feels like you're on MSN. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good oh my yeah. god i, I, I used to good. be a fan of voice notes <clears throat> i used to be a fan of voice notes mm. uh because i i feel like they were a good medium because you're not you don't hear a reaction and you're not you're not trying to like get a laugh or you're not trying yeah. to get a reaction it's just like a i'm gonna say my thing and you say your thing which really on paper is the best way to communicate right yeah i feel this and then you say you feel this and then we yeah but when you get deep into it and I've had arguments with good friends that I've since lost uh, where it's been like three minute voice notes to each other. And that's bad because that's just like you're just essay writing now. And yeah. the other person can't take it all in. And yes. yeah, that's bad. Yeah, because yeah, you kind of need an ability to question something or like dig deeper in something yeah. to understand yeah. it. And you yeah. don't really get that when you do voice notes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, totally. I mean, that was but yeah, I agree. Slightly, yeah, phone, calls, phone calls are good. Yes. Are good. Yeah. Slightly off topic, but like, I think it's always good to pop in how to figure out communication. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, yeah. And, and back to the, you know, the, the long distance relationship I was having, you know, mm. phone calls were basically the only way we had to communicate through this. Yes. 
Yeah. And um, yeah, like uh, I found out about the pregnancy through a text message. <gasps> uh, we dealt with it on a phone call. So it's like you kind of make do, you know. Yeah. Uh, when you're do when you're in that situation, and that's another thing as well. It also told me to never do a long distance relationship again. <laughs> yeah. Some people are good at them. I hear great stories about long distance relationships, but I am not good at it. Um, so yeah, I learned that time. I think it'd be really hard with someone that, you know, is a very intimate person and needs that attention physically to do long distance. Yeah. I think it's really, really hard. Yeah, for sure. I have a question for you. Oh. Um, while we're talking about like the poly stuff, yeah. so you're you're in love with someone, right? Hypothetically, you might be now, but let's talk hypothetically. You're in love with someone, yeah. And then and you're in a happy relationship. It's going great. It's been going yeah. for like eight months, right? Mm-hmm. And then you meet someone new, and start to get. Well, actually, question: Do you start to get feels for people while you're in that situation? This sounds leading. It's not. I'm genuinely asking. <laughs> um. Well, I guess it really depends on who you meet. Well, yeah, yeah. Because... Yeah. I mean, so do, if you meet someone that, like, you th- like, if you were single and you would have feels for them, would you still get feels for them if you were in a relationship and you met them for the first time? <laughs> That's a really hard question to answer. And I think, obviously, yeah. it's probably the reason that why so many people end up cheating um yeah well that's yeah that's why i'm interested because like i i feel like some people i've seen i've not ever i've never asked anyone this question i figured you'd be a good person to ask but i feel like people that i've (laughs) seen that do monogamy well they have a valve that they can switch off so when they're in monogamous relationships and they're happy they switch off the valve and no one else is sexually appealing at all um you don't have any feelings and like do you not feel those feelings or do you just bury them (laughs) what is it i don't know i'm trying to i'm i'm thinking back to my last relationship where you know i've same situation think thought thought this person was a soulmate no still think that they are a soulmate of mine um and the way it doesn't really go away no matter how angry you are at them unknowingly it (laughs) It stays there um no matter how much I loved him, there was always part of me during that relationship that was open to Mm non-monogamy and having the ability to follow through with connections if they did appear. But I don't know if I would have been emotionally open to like actually falling in love with someone. Yeah. I, I went on a date during that relationship and in the end, I was like, eh, actually, I just, I mean, I've got everything that I want with yeah. with my boyfriend so the at the so, time. Yeah, so your your situation, your setup was preventing you from making another connection there. Yeah, like. well, yeah, because, I mean, <laughs> at, at that point, obviously, we've been probably together for like a year or something. Yeah. So I don't know whether, like, if it had been, you know, three, five years, maybe I would be more open to progressing with other feelings there but I also am not a huge fan of polyamory for myself because I know that I don't have the energy to give to multiple (laughs) people yeah yeah I'm an introvert I'm not not polyamorous because I'm lazy Uh, (laughs) yeah no I get you introvert yeah and yeah I I, and I, I if I love someone, I think I focus a lot of that energy on them and yeah. it takes up a lot of me. 
So I don't think I necessarily would have it to give. Yeah. But also I'm really open to kind of whatever happens. And I think if something like that did happen, maybe I would explore it. But at the same time, yeah. I just don't know. Because if I was in a relationship and I was happy with just like the open situation <clears throat> that we were having, if I was so in love with someone, I don't know if I would also start to be really in love with someone else yeah yeah maybe you just don't allow yourself to so you kind of just stop the feelings you're like oh yeah. this person's really cool but you can it's a mindset i think to being open to progressing with those feelings yeah yeah see that's what's really interesting because i've i've never had that ability and i've tried to have it you mm. know that's, that's kind of what we're talking about right i'm trying i tried to force myself to be monogamous so like i had my soulmate and we were happy and yet I would meet people and get really excited about them and, you know, get feelings and and stuff. Not, it wouldn't always necessarily, you know, become anything, but, like, I had yeah. this excitement and this connection with people. And it never affects... It's still, you know, it's always been this way. It never affects the initial love with the person, you know? Yeah. And it's frustrating. And that's and when I was having the counselling for monogamy, like, I, even to this day, I wish it was a thing. I wish I could do that. I wish I could press a button and become monogamous because... Per, just for my personal my current situation like i feel like it'd be easier for me if i was monogamous and happy in that situation um mm. so yeah it's interesting i like hearing from people about that that kind of thing because um i want to know how others do it not that i'm trying to seek it out anymore you know my kind of phase of i want to make myself monogamous has passed um yeah. i'm accepting who i am now but you but, also said um, that you I'm don't just... want to search for polyamorous relationships <clears throat> yeah i don't want to search for them no the 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 only one i had it just kind of happened and Mm. that was okay but i we're talking about like pushing love away now right i push yeah. i push them away now yeah ah so if someone else comes into your life you push them away yeah yeah i mean i'm you're... currently pushing i'm currently pushing like single partners away because <laughs> like i don't want anything right now but yeah like if if there was like if i was in a relationship right now like a proper you know kind of this is a relationship now label all the all the cool labels that go on facebook and i met someone else currently i would push it away because in my life i'm kind of i'm actually kind of scared of pursuing the polyamory yeah stuff again. but you did you did say that you're seeing someone yeah yeah so are they aware of i'm just oh yeah they know about this yeah yeah and is they that... know about me pushing away as well. I, I tell them, like, I'm pushing this away. <laughs> um, is that and they understand. Is that not a fuckboy thing? Yeah. I mean, I think it would be a fuckboy thing if I didn't have, like, my the reasons that I have backing it up. Like, because yeah. I'm not, I'm not, and also, like, I mean, they, they don't know this, but, like, I'm not doing this to fuck with other people. I haven't yeah. actually had basically any, it's, it's kind of a weird dry spell for me, which is rare, you know, former sex addict. I, I, I don't have barely any sex now. Mm. So it's not, so I, I know it's not like, I'm not pushing away a relationship so I can go and fuck more. Um, you, and, and they kind of know as well. You just genuine, genuinely want to be alone. But if you, yeah. you want to be alone, then why are you <laughs> exactly. entering into... <laughs> exactly, because you can't stop these feelings. I can't stop these feelings. I can't be monogamous with myself either. Like I can't, <laughs> I can't stop these feelings. So they come and I'm just like, I get so excited about seeing someone, hanging out with mm. someone and you know doing all this shit. So that's why I'm asking you, I need some tips. <laughs> I don't, I don't actually want to force myself to stop this. But yeah, it's interesting that like, yeah, I am pushing stuff away, even though, again, 
it's that kind of like oxymoron i think i i am polyamorous i can love multiple people yet right now i'm trying to push away like the single love that's coming at me because i don't feel like i'm in the right place for it that is a really confusing place to be in yeah yeah i'm 31 i feel like everyone gets confused around their 30s because it's suddenly like oh fuck what are we doing yeah because you're like you need to get clear on what you want basically yeah and i think you do need a like a certain amount of time alone to really figure that out yeah Um, definitely yeah yeah it's a tricky one i being being single for years at a time i think is a very powerful and healthy thing and I'm saying that as someone who can't do it themselves. It is, it is. But I don't think we should be hard on ourselves if yeah. we don't do that. Because yeah. everyone's everyone's discovery of themselves and when it comes to love is so, so different. And you never know like who's going to come into your life at whatever time. And there are so many successful relationships out there where, you know, they had just ended another relationship or they were working on themselves. And just because you get into a relationship doesn't mean that you stop working on yourself. Yeah. In fact, I think a lot of the things that we do feel like we need to work on solo are things that we can work out in a relationship. Like the reason why you are pushing them away, like what is that? You wouldn't be able to reflect on that feeling if you were just alone. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. It's revealing something in me that I can then work on. Yeah. Which, yeah. Yeah, you're so right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, I, I wonder what it is. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think we could go on about it for a bit longer, but like, I think it's the whole like, it's the whole like, you know, big changes are happening. I just bought a flat. Yeah. Um, I just got offered a crazy job that I never even wanted. And now I realize I really want it. Um, I'm 31. Like there's loads of weird shit happening. Lots of big yeah. changes. And this is just yeah. one of the many changes I'm doing. But I think the key here is that I'm very much like, I put myself first. Mm. Um, I'm not pursuing sex like I used to. I'm not pursuing relationships. Yeah. Um, I'm putting myself first. And I think more people need to do that. I had to learn how to do that. It's a skill to do that. Like, And I don't mean putting yourself first as in like, you know, you're not going to cook for your friends. You're going to like cook for yourself. Like, I don't mean that. I mean like therapy. Like I'm working on myself. Every week I've got a new thing that I say to my therapist mm-hmm. that I want to work on. And yeah, you're right, actually. It's, it's made me feel a bit better is that this relationship this phase of relationships i'm having is is fueling that because it's given me more and more things to question you know why am i feeling this why am i doing this um and i think it's good yeah every single relationship that comes into your life is teaching you something and you will learn something from it i think yeah it's a really powerful thing and it's why i think that you know the whole only only do the solo thing if you are heart and soul feeling that and you have no desire to be with or like stop like if you if you just really want to stop like people coming to you you will know how to put up that wall i feel like it should be easy i mean it's not easy i don't know if what i'm saying makes sense i I get what you're saying with the heart and soul thing yeah like if you if you really believe that being single for a while is going to help you then you should do it yeah and i think listen to your listen to your body is mm-hmm. that what you're listening to your heart your listen heart, to your heart your let's gut. go to disney listen yeah. to your gut yeah listen to your gut if you're doing if you're in a period where you've said i'm going to be single and you meet someone and there's something there there's a connection listen to your gut you know yes. if you if that repulses you that's probably a good thing actually because it means you're stuck to your original plan you know you should mm-hmm. if it if it makes you excited explore it don't yeah. don't stick to the plan that like i had i had a plan of i'm going to be single for five years it didn't yeah. last very long um <laughs> listen to your gut and like, if you if you want to f- go somewhere go with it you know yeah. I think your body your body knows more than you do most of the time 
Yeah. Well, this was a really interesting conversation. Thank you so much for coming on. I <laughs> do have one... rambly. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I feel like I feel like we got into some like deep crevices in this conversation. Yeah, you've opened some things for me there. Thanks. <laughs> Little therapy session. Yeah. I have a one final question for you, and it's what I ask all my guests. What is love to you, and how do you describe it? Oh, I think love comes in two parts. I think it is excitement and then safety. Mm. So I think, so for me, my ramp of love is very steep. So if I, if I fall for someone, I get feelings, I fall in love. I'm hyper excited. I go full ADHD on them. And I'm like, I want to show you everything that I've ever liked in my life ever. We're going to watch all of Lord of the Rings right now. We're going to go and play Dungeons and Dragons. I'm going to show you everything. And I want you to show me everything <laughs> that you do. And then that, settles a bit and then uh safety yeah i feel like i can be vulnerable and tired and sad in front of someone and not care about the reaction because i know it's going to be nice and i yeah. hope they feel the same way and so yeah i'd say yeah that's yeah comes in two parts excitement and safety true vulnerability in that order potentially i don't know if the order would work the other way around but yeah no i'm not sure if it would i think safety, that's really beautiful though weird, yeah. yeah i think yeah, we should be excited about love and try yes. not to be too scared of it, even though it can be really scary. It can be terrifying, yeah. And, you know, you can just do the excitement part and then it can just end there. That's also okay. Like, mm -hmm. I think too many people rely on the kind of, okay, now we have to do the coupley things. Now we have to do the safety things and we have to hug all of Sunday, you know. It doesn't yeah. have to be that way all yeah. the time. These I've things can morph. Yeah, I've almost just had that relationship, I feel, where I had, like, the excitement of a new thing. And yeah. then once it kind of got to the point of like, oh, what actually is this? It was like, actually, we don't work together. Mm. And that's mm. totally fine too. Just take the power back and actually cut it off. And yeah. that's okay as well. Yeah, very good point. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This is a beautiful conversation. Where can the listeners find you? Let's see if I can say the podcast name correctly this time. Uh, <laughs> I have a podcast called Let's Talk About Sex, Jamie. There you go. Nailed it. Yay. Um, uh, you're on it. You're on it. <laughs> I and, am. And uh, loads, loads of other equally amazing people are on it. And mm -hmm. we talk about sex and love. And yeah, I talk about sex addiction quite a lot um, with my experience with that, which we kind of talked about here. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, yeah. If you like this podcast, it's basically more of that, you know? In it. So go over and listen. There you go. Well, thank you, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Wow, what an interesting conversation. We went from everything to commitment issues, fear around love, to polyamory, to trying to go back to monogamy. What an experience. You know what, when I actually started this podcast, I really wanted to be talking to people about their own experiences, no matter how messy, you know, no matter what it was. I wanted to bring real people's stories to this podcast. Hearing other people's experiences, if you are going through the same thing or resonate with anything that someone says, 
it just brings so much validation to your own experience and you feel less alone. So I really hope that this episode has done that for someone. You know, no one really knows what they're doing when it comes to love and relationships. We're all just out here trying to figure it out. Even, you know, even when we had Orsa and David on, like they was talking really openly about still having things that they work through on their relationship, but it's just about being open and being there for the process and for the journey. And that is the most important thing. Don't put too many expectations on people. Just, you know, be there. Just be there for their life and they will be there for yours. If you enjoyed this episode, then please do share it with your friends, family, anyone that you think will relate to it, because you never know, it might change their day or even their life in some kind of way. Remember to leave a rating and a review because it does wonders for getting the podcast into more people's ears. I need to hear what you think about it as well. The feedback is so, so important. And on that note, please do join the Patreon community to support the podcast and also be a part of the creative process as well. Let me know what you want to hear on the podcast. What stories do you want to hear? What will resonate with you? There's also the live Discord chat so you can join in the conversation with other people in the community. That's patreon.com slash lovehigh. And we also have the Facebook group, which is Love High Podcast. So come and join us there as well. If you want to hear more from me, follow me at my social media at Florence Bark on Instagram and at Florence underscore Bark on Twitter. I hope you all have a beautiful rest of your week and day. And I will see you next Monday for more Love High. So until then, bye my loves. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious 
serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. 